Hello, universe. It is now the 19th of September, and I admit, I'm, uh, I'm maybe a little overthinking how to compose a final note of significance in the chapter season breakdown of some imposed nature that is, could be no one knows, part seven of It's All My Fault. Well, the sentiment it could be no one knows came from the idea that whatever's turning men into uh, I don't want to use the word pussy anymore. Whatever's turning men into less engaged, less uh, forthright, less confident, less meaningful existences, that force of influence well, I have been literally spending the last four or five months thinking about it, if not the last year. And I don't know that I've made any progress. I Obviously, porn is a huge part of it. That's undeniable, but that's the easy part to un, unearth. The rest of it, I, I mean, everything from the most nefarious conspiracies that you can imagine to a simple quieting of human nature as we domesticate ourselves? I don't know. There's so many influences in life that to pretend a single cause is the variable in play for this overall social turnaround, well... I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm stumped, and uh oh, and I may be going to play tennis with my dad. Of all the times, I haven't gotten a text in a while. Okay, I'm not going to play tennis with my dad. All right. Um. So I started to try to list out the things that we could, that are just I. They're, they're too all uh, engrossing for a single variable to prove cause and effect, like the weather. In other words, these are the things that I was trying to list out that I think could be no one knows. It's just like this. It's the way it is. Man's got violent nature. Why? I don't know. Just does. Could be no one knows why. Or, maybe man's violent nature is a result of a violent and turbulent existence being accelerated by forces in play who have nefarious ideas about what man's outcome should look like. Well, all right, yeah, those kinds of sci-fi Twilight Zone explanations are starting to permeate culture in a way that they're not just funny anymore, they're seriously funny. And... If it's, in fact, the case that some tidy cabal of puppet 
string pullers at the top are that good at manipulating societal levers that this is what they've manipulated us into, well, then what difference does it make anyway? You're being manipulated on a scale that you you can't even grab your, your full wherewithal to get a, a complaint out that's relevant. You're the subject of the experiment. You don't get to complain about being experimented on. So, even that course of action leads to nothing but philosophical dead ends. There's nothing of value to pursue there. So, finding meaning, then, has to come from within. And I believe that what's happened to this... Well, okay. I'll admit that something like fluoride in our water, and I'm only using that as a generic uh, term of, of observation that we can all relate to. We've heard the, the fluoride in the water routine conspiracies. But if somebody were, say, unaware that bioengineered food ingredients, in fact, turn men into women, but that's what we're experiencing currently, well, that'd be weird. No one would know what the fuck was happening, but it would be happening. And the end outcome, though nefarious in retrospect, could be something completely bungled on the front end that just turns into nefarious outcomes on the end, right? So, as we tinker with our own delicate balance within nature's cast, that which is planet Earth at large, of course the idea that we could self-destruct in our own DNA resequencing is an apt observation to hold. But does that feel like what's going on? Does it feel like some fluoride-in-the-water intervention is turning our, our boys into toads that are gay? No. I don't, I don't see how that can be the situation where it's not having impact across generations, but only the one that's here now. So, some mass distribution of nefarious master evil mind just seems wrong. Okay, so then, have we culturally provided a space in which men can no longer be men? That they are now at fault for their very manhood and need to reduce that machismo instinct in order to be any value to a truly civilized society. In other words, war. Ha, <laughs> what is it good for? Stop war and come home and plant bean sprouts. <sighs> okay, maybe. But I've never thought that man's intrinsic nature was toward violence. I don't believe that. Because I don't have a violent tendency in me, except when I'm being threatened in a way that I have to defend myself. Like, I, I never think physical retaliation is, is an answer. And frankly, I don't know if I could have ever even invented weapons. Like, the idea of coming up with something to hurt people easier than just punching them in the face. Like, if you have to take something to somebody, then you have the tools in your fists to deal with it. And anything above that makes the playing field a whole lot less level. So I don't know if I could have even conceived of a weapon. Now, 
picking up a rock and throwing it at somebody, all of a sudden you've conceived of a weapon. Okay, fine. I get it. But my point is, with such little vengeful, physical, or outbursty tendencies, other than the ones that are programmed into me as this isn't fair, I don't, I don't feel like that's man's nature. So, I don't know that we can be finding ourselves uh, bereft of our opportunities to be warriors and thus have turned into pussies. Ah, I need a better word. So, what are, men today are, simps is too strong. Um, I don't know. Diminished variables? Dimvats? Men today are dim varers. Dim bar- ah, okay. Obviously, this needs working. Maybe in the next section, which I still don't know what I'm going to call it, though I've narrowed it down to four names. Um, we'll get into some of that. Because we, we, need to, to, we need to start having more... I, I'll admit, I feel I'm not doing enough to align where the playing field is fair and has been fair and is philosophically destined to remain fair. In other words, that which provides the best life opportunities for all of us versus what we're currently undergoing. And those gaps, I haven't been very uh, illuminating in describing why I see them, why I think they exist, and why they need to go away. So I really want to use the next chapters of this little project to clarify how it is that society broke, what that breaking looks like now, and what we're going to do to fix it. Obviously, that's the easy stuff, so that's why I saved it for chapters 8, 9, and 10. But if society isn't perched to take itself seriously right now and by doing so create a better world for everybody, then we're going to miss our opportunity. And the human experiment is going to go the way of the dodo. Which might be the right thing. Fuck, man, I don't know. Anymore? I don't know. If Joe Biden's not a clone, then he's tough to embrace as a fellow human. There's nothing respectable about Joe Biden that I can name. Well, no. I don't actually feel like he definitely loves his family, even. He is the epitome of what a society on train wreck schedule one looks like. That's our leadership. It's terrible. Okay, so what are these things that could be nobody knows anything about? Well, could be nobody knows about telepathic communication, except I'm starting to find other people out there who have similar experiences to me, which means I think telepathy is on the on the come, as it were. As a matter of fact, I have met somebody who I think I can make a brain contact with, like telepathically through my dreamland, because of the similar overlapping dream characteristics we share. I haven't explained to her yet that this is an experiment we need to run, but I'm going to be working on telepathic communication as something to learn something about, because I think this is something that we all have some trace 
remnant of the time when we were fully able to communicate telepathically. But having been locked in these meat suits, that gift becomes less of a default option and more of a cultivated talent. So, could be no one knows. Could be this is all bullshit. But I'm starting to have too many synchronicities of the telepathic kind to not start to think, well, how on this planet Earth can we investigate the opportunity to move into telepathic communication? It's not like I got anything else going on. What the fuck? Okay. I've spoken enough about this in the last 52 episodes that I'm not going to dwell on it, but I'm still the whole savior or Messiah concept. When do you even know that you're the Messiah? When does that happen? You don't get an email from fucking God. Hey, buddy, by the way, starting Tuesday, you're going to start thinking some things that you've never thought before. You might even start having some powers that you'll think are super because, da 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 da, drum roll please, you're the Messiah. Uh, yeah, and uh, you were you were exposed to uh, Earth in a cloaked form for 54 years just because we thought you needed some background in which to be the Messiah. But yeah, come Tuesday, that shit's real. Love ya, God. <sighs> right? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense that there's even a person born knowing they're the Messiah. That just flies in the face of what we are as infants, which is useless. We're, we're it. There's no Messiah coming. Whatever you want to think about the Lord Jesus Christ and all that stuff, fine, think it. I think telepathic communication is happening right now, and I don't want you to tell me to not think that. So we think what we want to think. But having looked for evidence of that, Mr. Jesus Christ, and not really having found any, and having found a whole lot of mythical overlap with the tales of yore, all the way back to that of Gilgamesh and the earliest written records known to mankind, well, again, if a savior or a messiah exists, isn't this the time they'd be showing up? And if they haven't raise their hand to say, hello, back here on the bus, that's me, I'm Jesus' Messiah reinvented. That's a harmonica. Um, if that's not happening, well, then we're left with, could be no one knows. Maybe all just bullshit. Maybe there is no such thing. And if that's the case, well, then it's up to us. No one person is better than any other. This is the quintessential example of equanimity, being a human. We clusterfuck that all up into all kinds of chaos, but no human's better than any other human. We're all of equal value, and we're all here with purposeful missions to create destiny-filled lives. What's disrupting that? Again, Maybe nobody knows. Could be no one knows. Or it could be it's us. All right. It could be nobody knows how they did that megalithic architecture. I'll admit. 
the idea of polymer pull, uh, pouring some sort of a molded concrete that is granite, it's seductive. Because it sure does explain a whole lot of the pillowing and odd puffiness that some of those stones exhibit, as if they were softened. But, again, there would be trace records of that process somewhere in history. And so, how controlling the information became such a flagpole in the ground of holding a complete populace under control. That one I missed. I didn't, I didn't know how, how important it was to be the ones telling the stories of where we came from. It's shocking how much influence those stories have over what's happening right now. To me, it was always like, well, whatever in the past is back there. It's done. It can't influence the future. But that's just an analytical literalist thinking through nothing other than what he can see, taste, touch, and feel in this exact moment. And that's as far as he can extend his lateral thinking. Which is to say, that's as closed a mind as there is. Once you start to open your mind to how cycles of energy influence across all time back and through, well, you start to see how much the narrative of our past decides our future. And this is the place where the lies hurt the most. Now, it could be no one knows why this is orchestrated the way it is. could be no one knows why all the information that was gathered on historical grounds has been destroyed, lost, thrown into the ocean. Who knows what? Could be no one knows anything about all of this. It's just coincidence that we sit here with no sense of where we came from that's real. Could be. And then, when you start looking historically at all the things that don't add up, like, what the fuck happened to those woolly mammoths? How does legs break? in essentially an upright defensive position. How to do that? How do you even do that to a woolly mammoth? What would you need? An airburst of 1,000 miles an hour? What would break a woolly mammoth's back legs as he stood with his front legs raised in a defensive posture against something coming at him? Snap! Back legs break into the muck he goes. What does that? Fascinating to think about. But without having a scientific method approach to history, where we literally look for knowns, not conjecture, well, we'll never know. We'll never know anything. We're going to sit here rudderless, unmoored, in a an entire landscape filled with question marks, none of which will ever be answered. Maybe nobody knows why it's this way, but maybe somebody does. And that somebody is somebody we should find and then bring out into the light and ask them what the fuck they were doing. 
and then use their life's deterioration of humanity as a counterpoint to what living a life filled with your flourishing humanity looks like. You can be this guy, or you can be all of us. All of us are having destiny-fulfilled, purposeful lives. That guy is trying to undo everyone else's. Which one do you want to be? <sighs> okay. Could be nobody knows why the DNA upgrades are happening to us. Why is my body getting stronger at 54? Why am I more athletically capable now than I've ever been? Why do I have more endurance? Why do I need less food? Why am I thinking clearer? Why is my thinking even accelerating in real time to accommodate more and more information? I just, I feel like a superhuman. So these DNA upgrades that I'm experiencing, could be no one knows. Maybe I just was supposed to have a magical kick in my 50s. But that seems weird. So why now? Why now? Why all of a sudden do I feel super capable of almost everything I've ever been able to do anyhow? And then find myself with additional skills like reading people's minds or hearing people's conversations in their head, whatever. What's going on? Could be no one knows. Could be I'm just lucky. Could be, what? What could this be? Why am I being gifted a better existence out of nowhere? I don't know. Sometimes you just don't ask questions, right? <clears throat> All right. Who the future UFC plan conflicts is with? What? What does that even mean? Oh, yeah. So... I have seen my life plan one time. And while I couldn't discern who the people were that I'm interacting with in terms of where conflict in my life plan exists, there is a conflict on my horizon with somebody in my life plan who was running parallel paths until we crossed off and then we reconnect in a conflict that is the greatest conflict of my life. So... I don't know who this person is still. I mean, there's one candidate, but boy, that would be a weird candidate. And then there's my mother who just doesn't really fit the initial parallel line running. I don't know. I am intrigued as to who I am supposed to have the Godzilla resurgence battle with at point Y in my life right before point Z. Who is it? Who is that person? Could be nobody knows. Could be I'm full of shit. Could be all those things at once. But why the game slows down when you're peak performancing? Good question there, too. So when I speak of <clears throat> having skills athletically more so than I've had before, well, I've played tennis my whole life. And yesterday, unsolicited, I had an Australian tennis instructor come up to me and tell me how many things they thought were right with my game and how lovely it was to get to watch me practice. Okay, that's a first. Then I had 
that, well, I've had this moment happen, I want to say three or four times now, and it's always been on the tennis court, where the game slows down. It slows down so much that you literally feel like you have time between the final bounce and your racket making contact to just write a quick letter out to your Aunt Sandy. Seriously. Like, your mental processing is so committed that it's like you have extra time to get other things done. And the game literally moves in slow motion. These are things I've never experienced until three years ago. And the first time it happened, I remember sitting on the baseline just hammering ball after ball after ball coming at me and thinking, well, maybe this is what it's like to be Rafael Nadal. Because his reaction times can be so unbelievable at the baseline. But if when the game moves in slow motion, you have all the time you need to react. It's a strange place to be. And I would never have thought Michael Jordan's descriptions of how the game slows down at crucial moments was anything other than Michael Jordan being Michael Jordan. But when Johnny being Johnny leads to these moments, well, something's going on. Could be no one knows, but could be somebody does. All right, let's go off the shelf of sanity into the shelf of insanity. Would that be the laundry basket of insanity? Yes, totally. All right, so falling into the laundry basket of insanity. I want to know who keeps saying my name right behind my head and then isn't there. This one's happened to me a good 25 times. To the point that I no longer am all that surprised when it happens. And it's like, it's as if somebody walks up behind you totally silently and goes, and I turn around, no one's there. Fucked up, huh? Yeah, this is fucked up. And I hate even admitting it publicly because it's that fucked up. But it's happened enough that it's fucking happening. And you can dismiss one or two of them as some sort of circulation of air current that caught a corner that all of a sudden sound like my name. But you can't do it after it happens in the grocery store. It's happened at work. It's happened while I'm riding my fucking bicycle. And it's, it's gotten to the point now where I'm, <sighs> I don't know what to make of it. So I'm putting it out there for something to cultivate as the year goes on. All right. I've, when, when we were kids, we used to play a game called MASH, which was the mansion, apartment, shack, or house you were destined to live in with your pick your other sundry uh, variables and then count them down to your final future destiny. Well, one of the things that was always weird to me is I always had this vision that in my life, later in life, which as a kid means anything over 18, but later in life, I was going to marry or make a family with somebody a woman with boys. Now, 
<laughs> I always thought this was just my creative delusional mind vaping fucking fumes off of the Brady Bunch. And where a mother with three girls meets a father with three boys and all of a sudden they're the Brady Bunch. And I just thought that I had flipped that around and I was going to meet a blonde woman with three sons. But I always thought this, even when we were playing these games of who my future, how many kids I'd have and all that, it was like, well, I already knew that they were going to be boys and they were going to be with this blonde woman. And so I, I put this all to rest for a while. Obviously didn't even think about it for the longest time. When I started having, well, I had one specific dream where again, I was back on that playground and we were doing the mash thing. And I stood up, and I don't remember if it was Justin Kasiba or Scott Tracy or who it was that was doing it, but I stood up and I looked at him and said, you don't have to worry about kids with me. I already know how that works out. I'm going to have three kids, three boys with a blonde girl. And it was funny because when I woke up that morning, I thought, oh, yeah, I remember fucking thinking that as a kid. I was so destined to end up, you know, and here I am, unmarried with, with no kids, and, you know, thinking, well, there's just another place where my life is not what I thought it would be when I was a kid. Yeah. So then, as I've started becoming uh, better friends with this blonde woman who is a single mother with three boys, it's it's spooky how much I let that scenario now have mythical quality from my childhood residue, all from being coughed on by the Brady Bunch. Or is my childhood future fantasy actually playing out? I don't know. It's interesting. Like, how much life can Kitty hold out for? Now, this one, I'm sure nobody knows. Because I don't know. I don't even think Kitty has any idea. But Kitty is just 99 lives in here. Hard to watch. Because she attacks her wound. And yeah, I could put a cone on her head for the rest of her life. I could. Or I could let nature do its thing and she can have control of her own situation. She hasn't caught a mouse since the last one she caught, which was a while ago, and I know they're around. So that's disappointing. But I'm not going to put her down. Kitty's going to go the way Kitty goes. And obviously if she gets into some sort of can't move scenario, I'm not inhumane. But I wouldn't be surprised if in four months... Her wound's completely healed. It wouldn't surprise me at all. So how much life can Kitty hold out for? I don't know, but a goddamn lot of it. I respect her. I think Kitty is teaching me lessons about what it means to endure without all the advantages, despite some of them being even self-imposed limitations. You still get up and fight for the good fight every day. Right, Kitty? Hell yeah. She's not in the room right now, so... I will speak on her behalf. All right, so the last two are kind of getting back to men have turned into pussies. But it's, it's, pause. I need some pause. Hang on. Uh, okay, well, it's now 520, so that was a little longer break than intended. And I haven't exactly gotten around to this part. So let me take care of this. I'll be right back. Pause. All right, there's there's an open mic in 
uh, in two hours. Well, hour and a half, sorry. Um, and so I got to wrap this up. Um, could be nobody knows. Could be no one knows. Could be someone knows. Could be I know. Could be I don't know what I don't know. Knowing anything in this world is becoming more and more challenging the further we get into a manipulated media that has no sense of pride. Um, we're down to very few venues in which free speech and the expression of freedom of thought are the core value. Which is why I keep going to these open mic comedy nights. That's where that core value is clearly not just embodied, but emboldened. And as much as I like to use words that are very similar, but actually fit into the sentence in the appropriate context, like emboldened after, what did I say first? Embolded? Kidding, kidding, kidding. I know. I'm enabling myself to be silly because obviously I just got a little high. But man, that's why everyone should get a little high all day long. Be a little silly. <clears throat> but there's nothing silly about what these last two indicators are portending. Male sperm count has been on the decline for decades. Or at least the measures of male sperm count in the samples collected show a decline in overall sperm totals in males going from, I believe the study was in the 80s that it started. This is discouraging because no one's talking about it. Just like the second thing on this list, fertility rates worldwide are down. Now, could these be social causes for the fertility rate? Sure, we got isolated and there's not as much fucking going on, so there aren't as many babies. Maybe, maybe. But these aren't stories that we're being told about. That's what's fucking scary. These are critical worldwide concerns that no one's speaking to. So why do I trust that these are happening? Well, one, uh, there's data that proves the fertility rates are down. And if sperm counts down, then fertility rates should be down. So one necessarily follows the other in the sense that since this truth bomb hit me on an interview with, and I will get her name, I will make sure to get it as uh, an entry point for this recording. So you can go look this up yourself. But there is a, uh, 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 what do you call the people who study health trends? Uh, epidemiologist. There, she is the first to have seen the statistical trend that is the reduction in male firm in male sperm count. And, uh, her tests, uh, show that it's a decline in the actual sperm count of today's men. It's been declining in men subsequently year after year after year, going now to where the current male baby has, or baby, whatever, whenever you go through puberty and actually have a sperm count, is half of what mine is across the board. So, yeah, this sounds like some fucked up conspiracy. I couldn't agree more. But 
my truth bell rang off when I saw this, which A means it's true, and B means someone's hiding it. She doesn't know this data and nobody else does. This is public health data that she gleaned this truth from. And her, what is it? Is it in it? Ah, oh, fuck. I'm going to go get her name and tell you what her career is right now so I quit being a douche. Okay. She is an epidemiologist. Yay! Vocabulary still works. Um, and what an epidemiologist does is they study health trends, health variables, and uh, things like pandemics, causes and effects and treatments therein. Epidemiology uh, would be a field where you would expect to find perhaps hidden truths revealing themselves through data-driven analysis. Edward Dowd, another uh, analyst who has noticed uh, financial data that's alarming in terms of productivity among young people, is someone else to look up. They work with publicly disseminated data reports from our own governments. These are not people who are quacks. These are people who have taken data analysis to a level that it always goes to, only to find extreme outcomes that are completely unexpected. Dr. Shana Swan, who is the epidemiologist, S-H-A-N-N-A, Shana, S-H-A-N-N-A, Shana, Shana, maybe, Swan, S-W-A-N, is reasonable. You're going to not like what you hear. You're going to not like what you hear from Edward Dowd either. If you don't know who these two people are, then you really haven't even explored the full scope and breadth of what the data from the pandemic is revealing. We don't have the capacity to do the analysis ourselves, but when you find credible experts whose job it is to analyze data who have done thus taken the time to look into the COVID data to see what's there, they're worth listening to. These aren't people who with agendas. These are people who find unusual outcomes and say, did you know that this isn't expected? And here's the cause and effect relationship that shows why it's unexpected. It's pretty fucking hard to argue with actual statistical data that shows trends like when the vaccine started, infant and childhood deaths went up. They shouldn't have. Anyway, my point is, I'm not equipped to do this analysis, so I'm not going to regurgitate it here, especially when the excellent commentary provided by both Edward Dowd and Dr. S-H-A-N-N-A Swan, Shana Swan, are very easily digested. They aren't speaking above your heads. They're speaking to real scenarios happening in real time and whether or not we're going to do anything about them. The media, for whatever reason, finds this not of import enough to get on our nightly news broadcast for us to start disseminating culturally, then it's up to us to find these stories where they exist. So when you ask me, well, why are this generation of men fucking pussies? Well, maybe it is a testosterone issue. If their sperm counts 50% of what mine is, if their manhood machismo testosterone count is in some way being influenced by chemical saturation that I was lucky enough to skip forward through, well, of course, some of this makes some sense. I don't think the males I know of today's generation even know that they are pussies. There's just a malaise about them that didn't used to exist in the men of the 20s of my year. 
And yeah, I sound like some old man saying, get off my lawn. But I'm not that old. I remember my 20s very well. And it's different today. And it could be that nobody knows what the fuck's going on. Maybe this is a sign of what happens when 8 billion of us get agitated enough on the same planet that we just start ticking down our ability to reproduce until we're gone. Pause. I paused. <laughs> well, that's why I paused. Man, I am sneezing my fucking head off today. Pause. <sighs> All right. Now that I've blown my nose, I'm sure I'm due for about eight straight sneezes. The, um, the reality of today's cultural vibe with 20-something men that I have gotten to know pretty intimately in the open mic comedy night scene. And yes, these are the disenchanted douchebags who are using comedy to try to get laid. I get that. But there's, there's almost an appeal to authority about them that's unique. This is the first time I've actually really thought of this. But that's the truth. That is, maybe that's what I don't like about them, is that they're looking for somebody else to say it's okay that they're doing what they're doing. Huh. Well, though this be a Hakuna Matata moment for myself, that's true. But that, that has nothing to do with their sperm. Well, I mean, it, it could. Obviously, a lower testosterone is a lower level of, of flare-up uh, match maleness. In other words, you're going to take a world of oppressive forces a lot chillaxier if you think chillaxing is the way things should be and not liberty, justice, opportunity. They want someone to tell them what they're doing is okay. Instead of knowing it's okay and then going out and goddamn doing it. Whatever comes next, comes next. Hmm. All right. I guess that's what the next phase of my life's got to be. You don't ask for permission to do the right thing. You just don't. <laughs>